And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today, we've got a very special episode after a long-awaited break, we continue our podcast series featuring PBR Indiana's head scout, Indiana baseball alumni, Cooper Trinkle. Guys, welcome to the show. Cooper, welcome back here on the JKR Podcast. Pumped to get you back here on, you know, kind of excited to dig into Indiana high school baseball, kind of dig into what's going on next here within the Hoosier State, kind of dig into some other things as well. But, you know, Cooper, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me back on. Um, excited for the show. A lot of cool topics. Awesome. All right. So like I said, again, kind of a long-awaited wait since we kind of came on last. I think it was probably in the springtime when we had you back on there for that uh, last episode of Coop Scoop. But um, it's been a while. I've gone through the summer, gone through the fall. I'm just kind of taking us through, you know, what's new with PBR. Obviously, the new logos got come in, you know, a couple months ago. Obviously, a very busy summer, very busy fall for you guys. Um, kind of give us the rundown on, you know, what's been, what's been going on here these past uh, couple months. Yeah, so we uh, we had a really good summer. Um, you know, our staff was out a ton. We had a lot of our big events, top prospect games, underclass games, uh, along with, you know, during the summer we travel all over the state, try to go hit every quadrant of the state. And so we were busy, um, you know, doing those, doing the showcases on top of getting out to a lot of our prep baseball tournaments, um, seeing guys during, during those events. Um, so... That was good. Then we went down to the future games. Um, our our 16U team has 
five or six, I, I believe six commits right now um, with, a, with plenty more to come. Um, but really my big takeaway from the future games was the young talent that we have in the state. Our 13-year team ended up making it to the final four down there. Our 14-year team actually won it down there. Um, we had a super talented 14-year group, which is our 2027 grads. Um, we went either six or seven and zero down there, beat team Georgia in the championship. Um, and that was really cool. So uh, I'm excited to see that class grow up. Those class rankings are actually going to be updated, um, next week. So those will be, uh, when is this, when is this podcast releasing? Uh, December 10th. So this Sunday, quick turnaround. Okay. okay gotcha. So it'll be, we'll release those. I believe the 15th um, sometime during, during the week following this. So yeah, those guys were, those guys had a really good group down there. Um, 27 class is going to be going to be a fun one to follow. And then obviously we got into the fall um, had a lot of scout days, had our fall state games, saw a lot of prep baseball tournaments. Um, so yeah, this time of year, we're kind of, kind of in our in our period where we're not doing as much scouting obviously because there's not as much people as many guys that are out playing um but more preparing for next year we're updating rankings stuff like that getting ready for for the 2024 season so yeah it's 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 been exciting and it's been i'm excited for for next year yeah awesome and as you kind of talk about preparing for next year obviously i believe you guys have one showcase coming up in a couple of weeks there in indianapolis for that holiday showcase I guess kind of take us through before we kind of dig into everything else. What do these next couple of months look like for you guys before that kind of spring season gets started, before preseason All-State? Kind of give us a rundown on what those next couple of months are going to look like for you, Phil and Connor and all those guys at PBR. Yeah, so like I said, it's just going to be a lot of preparing for the 24 season. Um, you know, prior to preseason All-State, prior to our preseason ID events, we do a lot of a lot of preparation, a lot of marketing, trying to get guys to those events, um, really trying to get guys to understand that, you know, when we're planning our spring coverage, a lot of the times we're going off of, hey, you know, we saw a kid that was really impressive at the Northeast ID. Um, you know, we're going to run an event up in, up in Northeast Indiana this year. You know, we see a kid up there. He does really well. Maybe it's an arm shows really well that's going to help me build my my spring schedule um and get me to you know go up there for when you know wherever high school he goes to go see him during the spring um so trying to get as much talent as we can to those preseason id events and then for the preseason all state we're sending out um we've sent out some invitations already and we'll have more go out um but just preparing for the for those events and then on top of that we'll do a lot of high school like like spring like high school coverage type like we'll do you know spring previews where um we'll talk about some of the top teams in the state and we'll we'll start to dive into you know our initial high school rankings and stuff like that so a lot of preparation work that time of year um right before we know we really get into the busy part of the year all right, so you know, as we're going through the offseason, obviously right now should be a big time where players are kind of going about their development. You know, got a couple months before the season's actually getting started. Kind of take us through, you know, how should these players be attacking the offseason? What should be some different things that they're doing? Kind of take us through what the ideal offseason should be like for a player trying to get better, trying to make a difference for this upcoming spring, upcoming summer. Yeah, um, this is a topic I definitely wanted to touch on. You know, I think it's something that 
you know, in Indiana, the off season is so important. We're not a Southern state where we can play year round. Um, our players really benefit from being able to attack the off season and focus on their weaknesses. Um, for me, I think one of the most important things that you can do as a player throughout the off season is work on yourself as an athlete. Um, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger while, while getting more mobile. Um, the way you move is important, but obviously building that engine is something that should be a priority for players right now. Um, and so guys need to be in the weight room. You know, they need to find a, find a strength and conditioning coach that, that is knowledgeable and knows how to, knows how to help them reach their goals. Um, and then ex or build a plan and execute that plan over the next couple months. Like I, I tell guys all the time, like, it's you'll be amazed at what adding 10 to 15 pounds of lean muscle will do for you as an overall athlete and as an overall baseball player. Um, so yeah, that's my first piece of advice with, with guys is, you know, go get bigger, faster, stronger, get more mobile. Um, and, and that'll, that'll lead to a lot of really good things in the spring and summer. But on top of that, you know, the players need to really, really self-evaluate and understand where they are deficient in their game. So like, you know, if, if they're not a great runner, they're not a great, they're not, their arm strength isn't great. Like right now is the best time to work on those things um, because you don't have to play a game until, you know, March. So you have all this time to really focus on bettering yourself as an athlete and bettering yourself as a player um, to then once you get into the spring, be able to kind of close the gap on where those weaknesses are. Um, so that would be my biggest piece of advice there. Get bigger, get faster, get stronger, get more mobile, work on your weaknesses um, and really build a plan throughout the off season to attack what you're deficient at. Um, and then those things will pay off in the spring. So. So on top of some of the other guys who are training within the state, I know, again, you know, as I've scrolled through Twitter, scrolled through X, I see you train with quite a few guys here. I believe it's in Southern Indiana, wherever you're kind of base located. Um, I guess kind of take us through when you are training with players, some of your main focuses, maybe some guys that you've seen success with so far early on in this offseason. Um, you know, your your side of training wise, where kind of take us through what that's looked like so far this offseason. Yeah, so I do I do uh, private instruction out of Powerhouse Athletics. It's a facility on the south side of Indianapolis. Um, it's the same facility that Max Clark trains out of. So that's where a lot of the notoriety has come with uh, powerhouses from Max. Max is in there all the time getting his work in. So it's cool for the you know, the high school guys around to be able to see a guy with that, that level of talent. Um, and he's in there working his butt off daily. But for me, uh, I do a lot of hitting instruction, do some infield instruction as well um, because I'm a former infielder. But a lot of the guys that I work with, are, are are on the hitting side and for me with that it's 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 more helping them build a routine to attack their deficiencies so I'm not a cookie cutter guy to me each individual guy has their own things that they're trying to work on um, and for instance like tonight I'm going to work with two different Ball State recruits uh, Brant Kendall and Andrew Krupa and for those two guys it's like they're hour of training with me is going to look completely different um you know they're both working on different things but for me i want to be able to give them the knowledge help them build a routine to where they can go work on things on their own and they can kind of take what we work on in the hour that we do work together and then go apply it to the other uh six seven days that they go train um 
and really just help them work on whatever they're deficient at, whether that's swing direction, whether that's creating more bat speed, whether that's a purely a mechanical uh, adjustment or whether it's a bat path thing. Like I said, it's different with each player, but those are really kind of the, the focuses that I have. Um, you know, I've had, there's a lot of guys that I've been able to work with this off season that are high caliber players. So I really enjoy doing that, doing those kind of things. Um, a kid that, you know, I, I spoke about Brant Kendall. He's a kid that I've been working with for a few years now. Um, and, you know, I don't want to take credit for the things that he's done, but it was really cool to see him have a really big year this year, commit to a Division One program. Um, you know, he's worked his butt off. And so seeing stuff like that is really, really why I love doing what I do on the, the private instruction side. It's being able to just give kids, give kids some knowledge, give kids some advice to help them reach their goals. So Brant's had a great offseason. Um, also work with guys like Andrew Krupa, um, Liam Delp is one I'm really excited for, a freshman that's going to be a really, really good player. Um, Colt DeHart's another one that I'm excited to work with this offseason. And then there's some there's some uncommitted juniors that like Cal Shembra, Xander Carnahan, guys like that, Malik Perkins, um, guys that are having really strong offseasons that I'm excited to see you know, how the work we do this offseason translates to the field in the spring. So it's been fun. I really enjoy the the private instruction side. And I really love being able to give kids, you know, because I went through this whole process, worked as a as a player for a long time, trying to make and trying to make myself the best player that I can be. And so I love being able to give advice to guys like, hey, you know, these are things that help me. These are some things that I focused on that I probably shouldn't have focused on um, and just helping them be more efficient in the way that they go about their offseason training. So something I really enjoy. So you talk about how some of the stuff that you were working on there as a college kid, as a high school kid. I know we talked about this again before we started recording. You talk about Max Clark going in there, getting his work in. Does an offseason look different for, let's say, a younger guy compared to a guy like Max Clark who has just been drafted compared to a college guy going through his offseason? Do these offseasons generally look, you know, quite similar or are there big differences between, you know, age, level, whatever? How do those offseasons compare amongst, you know, where these players are at? I think they're they're very similar and they're very different um, in their own regards. Um, as far as where I say they're similar, you know, like it's still, you're still preparing yourself to become the best baseball player that you can be. Okay. So you're trying to build yourself as an athlete and you're trying to work on the things that you're deficient at in your game. Um, but with that being said, the older you get, the more focused things start to become where when you're younger, it's more just purely building strength, building athleticism, learning to move properly. Um, where I look at that versus like Max's training, like Max is trying, Max is working on things in the weight room that are very, very specific to his weaknesses. So there's lower hanging fruit with younger guys. Then as you get older, it's more of focused stuff. Um, and, and that's just comes from experience and knowledge. Like Max has been through four or five off seasons where he's really dove into improving himself as a player. And so his process has started to become more nailed down to where, you know, you, you look at a kid that's a freshman in high school, they really don't have the knowledge that, that Max has at this point. And so for them, they're just trying to improve their overall capacity, improve their overall athleticism, strengths, all that stuff um, versus where the older guys are a bit more focused. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still trying to become better, better athletes and better baseball players. And so they look similar, but a little bit more focused on individual weaknesses as they get a little bit older. 
Okay, so as you guys talk about the private instruction you got going on this offseason, you talk a lot about you don't like cookie cutter. You know, you like having these guys having routines, but all these routines are different. When it comes to a guy maybe developing quicker than what you're expecting throughout an offseason, how often are these routines changing for a player? Like are you going through maybe changing what their workouts are looking like on a week-by-week basis? I guess how often do those change dependent on um, development throughout an offseason? Yeah, I think it's something that – as guys pick things up and as they're able to make adjustments, then we can start to progress in the training. Um, and so like I tell guys all the time, like, you know, what I'm do, what we're doing in this one hour a week is not enough. You need to be able to take where I'm telling you you're deficient at and you need to go work on it the rest of the week in order to improve yourself. So that way, the next time you see me, we can progress as opposed to just beating the same, thing in over and over and over again and there are some guys that do have like a glaring weakness and like that's the only thing we're focusing on in the offseason um but a lot of the times it's okay let's share up this hole and then once we share up this hole we can go and move on to something else um so they're they're evolving as their training evolves as fast as they're able to make the adjustment. Um, some kids are able to make adjustments a lot quicker. Some kids, it takes a little bit more time. So again, it's just depends on an individual basis there. Um, but it, it just depends on how quickly the player is able to pick up whatever concept I'm, I'm wanting them to pick up. Okay. So as we talk about the off season, I do kind of want to stay on that topic as we move into kind of the second segment here, recruiting one-on-ones kind of what I got it named here on the notes. I mean, you know, as a player is going through the offseason, obviously you working with PBR, you guys play a huge role in a lot of these guys' recruiting processes, getting them in front of college eyes, help them kind of see, you know, go through that process. What should be some of the what should be some things these kids are doing throughout the offseason to help them with their upcoming recruiting? Whether those are guys who can talk to colleges now, maybe guys who are younger who can't talk to them until August 1st of their junior year. What should be some things these kids should be doing throughout the offseason to help out with their upcoming recruiting process? Yeah, um, you know, this is going to be super groundbreaking right here. I mean, if you want to improve your recruiting, improve your ability to be recruited, you want to become a higher, high, higher ranked recruit, however you want to you want to spend that. Get better. Right. Like a lot of guys don't understand that. And I think that's something that, you know, I really want to push across to kids like if you want you want your goal is to play division one baseball and division one schools aren't talking to you yet. Okay. That doesn't mean you need to send more camp or send more emails or go to more camps. That means you need to get better as a player. Um, and that's why I love the off season. Cause it's like, you have all this time to go get better. Um, but on top of that, you know, if, if you are a guy that you, you, you have the division one talent right now, and that's your goal to me, I think this is a great time to be sending out emails, um, reaching out to schools that you're interested in, um, getting your name out to them, sending them video, sending them metrics, sending them stats, um, just getting your name across, getting your name to those recruiters. I think there's a lot of value in that. And then on top of that, I think now is a good time that, you know, if you do have that talent to be recruited, um, go to camps. I mean, if there's a school that you're really interested in, the best way to get in front of that school is to go to one of their camps um, work with their staff, show this, show them what you have to offer, um, and doing stuff like that. But yeah, uh, more than anything right now, you know, if you want to help your recruiting process, or you want to help the schools, the, you want to help yourself out and get more schools to come see you in the spring, summer, and fall, uh, you got to build the, build the tool set and 
and overall improve yourself as a player to where those schools are going to come find you. Yeah, for sure. So you talk about getting better. I guess another thing here in the offseason for guys in that class of 2024, a lot of these guys, this is their last high school offseason. I know a lot of guys have already signed, gone through National Signing Day. I guess what would be that advice for a guy in the class of 2024 going into a senior spring, uncommitted, unsigned? What would be that advice for a guy still wanting to play collegiately who has yet to commit or yet to sign with the school? Yeah, I would say say to stay patient. Uh, we see it all the time. Seniors, seniors come out their senior year and have a really good year, um, and schools are still looking for for uh, kids in their senior year. I mean, you'll see less D ones looking to add a senior, um, but it, you know it still happens um, quite a bit. But you know the Division two, II, Division three JUCO NAIA's, they're still looking to still looking to add to their 2024 class. So you have time, stay patient. Um, but I, I would go back to what I said previously, you know, if I'm an uncommitted senior at this point right now, I'm really focusing on bettering myself as a player during the off season. Um, I'm sending out emails to schools that I'm interested in, maybe camping at a few schools, um, doing stuff like that in order to really get my name out before the senior season starts. All right. So as you know, let's say we're a guy who has yet to have the recruiting process get started, whether that's a guy in the class of 24, 25, maybe colleges haven't seen them yet, or guys in that class of 2026 who can't talk to college coaches till August 1st, guys in the class of 2027 who are even further away from that. You know, as these guys start to begin those recruiting processes, what should maybe be some questions that they have prepared to ask some of these coaches obviously as you're going through you know job interviews in the future or whatever like you know people like to be asked questions as well when they're you know talking to guys what would be some questions to be prepared to ask some of these coaching staffs as these recruiting processes are getting started for some of these guys yeah it's a good question I think uh I think first of all as a recruit you need to understand what you are looking for in in the college that you're wanting to go to. Okay. So a couple examples for that is, you know, let's say I'm a guy, I'm from Indiana. I don't want to, I don't want to go too far from home. Um, you need to be focusing on schools that are within three or four hours from your, from your house. Um, you know, those are schools that you need to be, that's, that's something that's important to you. So that's something you need to value. Um, and on top of that, you know, a lot of guys will value development. And so it's like if, if if development is something that's very important to me in the school that I pick, whenever I'm on the phone with a college coach, I want to be asking them, hey, how do you guys develop players or what's your track record developing players or do you guys have a player that has come in that didn't have any draft interest that ended up turning into a draft player and like what were the focuses on or what were the focuses with him on improving his game um, and just stuff like that. Like, so in short, I think you need to, you need to be able to ask the coaching staff things that are important to you. Um, and that can go all kinds of different ways, but I think you need to be able to evaluate, Hey, what am I looking for in a, in a potential school? And then once you get on the phone with those coaches, be able to ask, do they have, are they able to offer the things that you're looking for? Um, and then on top of that, I think, Players need to understand whenever you get a, whenever you start to have communications with coaches, more than anything, that time is is a time for you and that coach to build a relationship. Because ultimately, if you're going to play for that guy, you want to have a relationship with that guy. Um, so that that's the biggest thing with with those phone calls and really getting 
getting to know those coaching staffs. It's about building the relationships. Um, the coaches are trying to see if you're a kid that can fit, that fits in with the culture of their program. And then on the other side, the player wants to see, you know, is this a school where, where I fit in with, is this a coach that I fit in with? So more than anything, that's about building relationships. So my advice would be, you know, to recruits, make sure you stay true to yourself. Um, don't try to be anybody that you're not because ultimately that's just going to, going to end badly. Um, so yeah, that's my advice on that. So as you're starting to build relationships with these coaches and you're starting to learn more and more about these certain different programs, when you are talking to, let's say, different schools, you're hopping on the phone one night with one coach, hopping on a phone call with another coach at another time. Yes, when you're comparing these programs, comparing these organ uh, programs, coaches, coaching staffs, whatever, I guess what would be some of those main priorities when comparing schools? What should you be looking at? How would you should be comparing them? That's going to take us through that as well. Yeah, I think that that last question kind of parlays into this, where it's like, you know, if – as a recruit, you need to understand, you know, these are the things that I value in, in the program that I'm looking for. Um, you know, I'll use this example. If playing right away is something that's very, very important to you, then you shouldn't just go commit to the biggest school possible, right? Um, you should go you should go looking for schools where you do have a chance to play right away. Um, you know, if, if there's a specific major that, you know, you want to major in, in college, um, you, you don't want to go, go looking at schools that don't have that major because ultimately that's not what you're looking for in a program. Um, so that's, I, I give, I tell guys all the time, I really, before you start the recruiting process, you need to you need to sit down with your parents, sit down with a mentor or somebody like that and be able to make a list of, hey, these are the three to five things that are really important to me in choosing a school. And then when you're comparing those programs, you're able to go through and see, hey, does school A check all these boxes? Does school B check all these boxes? And if they don't, it's probably not a school that's the best fit for you. Um, so that's my advice on that. You really got to know what you're looking for. Um, and then once you start having some options, you can start to see if that program checks the boxes that you're looking for. Okay. So I do want to dig into the younger guys here for a little bit, you know, the guys who haven't even started that recruiting process yet. Again, this is going to be the second year of coaches not being able to contact guys until August 1st, of their junior year for guys in that class of 2026, I guess even, you know, freshmen now who are in the class at 2027 or I guess 26 is first. As August 1st comes around, we're still eight, nine months away from that. Obviously going to be a huge day. College coach is going to be reaching out. I know I've talked to some guys here on the podcast where they said August 1st, they had like 15, 16 phone calls. They're hopping on and off. I guess what should some of these players be expecting there during that first week? Guys who should be expecting, you know, lots of college colleges reaching out. What should they expect during that first week? And what would be that advice going from August 1st, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout those first couple of weeks of August? Yeah, you know, it's for the top of the class that August 1st day is going to be very, very busy. Um, and I think that's going to be it's going to be easier to navigate if you've done your homework, you know what you're looking for in a program, you've you've kind of researched schools that you're interested in. Um, you know, that's going to help you kind of keep the stress away at that time. That way you're not trying to figure out what you want while all these coaches are contacting you. Um, but, you know, it, it's really at the end of the day once august 1st hits you know it, it's right back to the recruiting right back to schools starting to recruit you you need to start building a relationship with those programs finding the schools that you really you really feel that you fit with and then being able to go on visits there um 
build a deeper relationship with the staff. Um, you know, I don't think you talked about what should they expect to me as a recruit on August 1st, I wouldn't be expecting anything. I would just be able to, I would just go into that with an open mind of, Hey, these are the schools that are interested in me. I'm going to hear out everybody that has interest in me. Um, and then go from there and make a, make an informed decision based off the things that things that I know I want, um, and the things that I've learned throughout the recruiting process. So yeah, I, I would, frankly, I would go in there with no expectations and keep an open mind and, you know, hear out everybody that wants to, wants to talk to you because it's a privilege to be able to be recruited at that time. Um, so I wouldn't have any expectations going there with an open mind and hear out every coach that, that, uh, has interest in you. Okay. So moving away from the whole recruiting process, more into some of that recent work that's been going on there at prep baseball for you guys kind of dig into those rankings. I know that, you know, updates have been coming on these past couple of weeks, class of 2027, I believe you said it's coming up this upcoming week as well. I mean, let's go through 24, 25, 26. Um, just kind of give us the rundown on the rankings. Maybe some guys who have rose quite a bit since the last rankings came out, came out. Maybe some surprises you saw this past fall throughout those rankings as well. Kind of give us a rundown there on 24, and then we'll dig into 25, 26s as well. Um, just, you know, give us the rundown on those rankings. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the 24 class didn't change a whole lot after the fall. We did see one guy rise into the top 10. That was Nash Wagner and Alabama commit. Um, actually a signee now. Um, Nash had a really, really strong fall, um, kind of started to put some things together. You always saw flashes of Nash's potential, but he really started to put it together this fall. So he rose into the top 10. Outside of that, though, we really didn't see a whole ton of movement in the 2024 class. You know, that's a class that we've seen for four, going on five years now. Um, some of them that we saw as eighth graders. Um, so that class didn't change a ton. There were a couple guys like, you know, Micah Ranch-Shakir coffee had a really big fall, had, a, had one of the best scout day performances that I've seen, you know, in my time at PBR showed up to scout day in the fall, ran a six, four hit balls, a hundred was 94 from the outfield showed off just one of the best tool sets in the class. So he rose, uh, Micah Vesley was another one that rose, um, had a really big fall. His velo started to tick up one of the best breaking balls in the class. So he rose a little bit, but outside of that, really, there wasn't a whole ton of risers in the 24 class. Like I said, we know that, cl that class has been pretty, um, that we've seen a ton from that class. So we feel really good where we're at with that class. Uh, the 25 class, kind of the same deal, not a whole ton of risers. Um, but I do want to highlight a couple guys. Parker Rhodes rose a bit within the top 10. He was at 10. Now he's at seven. Um, he was really impressive in the fall. Saw him in an outing where he was 90 to 92 um, with the fastball. His sliders kind of taking a step up. Uh, he's a guy that started to started to turn himself into a potential draft guy in the 25 class. Um, so he saw a bit of a, a rise. There are other guys like Alex Barr made a bit of a rise. Um, a big physical left-hander from Northern Indiana that's going to IU. Um, Austin McNabb was another one. He's a guy that I think has a chance to continue to rise up this this list. He's a Dayton commit, you know, long, projectable kid. The arm really works. Does a ton of strikes. Um, you know, he's one that what that I was really impressed with this fall. Josh Flores was a riser. Um, Brant Kendall was another one, had a really strong fall, ended up committing to um, Ball State. So, you know, guys like that. But, again, 
that class we've seen for a while, not a whole ton of changes. 26 class, we had a little bit more movement, uh, like inside the top 30. We had some guys that really showed well in the fall. Um, Colt DeHart was a new add to the top 10. He checks in at number 10 in this update. He's a guy that I'm really excited for. Um, you know, I, I think he reminds me a lot of Hunter Snow uh, in the 2024 class. But the thing that's exciting with DeHart is I think he's going to end up being a, a Hunter Snow type, maybe even better as a position player. But I also think he's going to throw 90 plus on the mound. So he's going to be a guy that, um, you know, coaches are definitely going to want to see next year. Uh, we were really our staff was really impressed with him in the fall. So he rose. Rob Zarnicki was another riser. Uh, Kellen Thompson was another riser. He had a really, really good showing in the fall, um, starting to turn into the arm that we think he could be potentially a uh, power five type arm. Um, Blake Cope, Jake Winger, Sean Dunlap. Those are three more physical 26s that that showed well in the fall that rose in our in our last update. So, yeah, I'm excited for that 26 class, man. I think that class is going to end up being super talented. So, yeah, as far as rankings are concerned with this update, we updated right at the end of the summer. So really the only guys that rose were the guys that really stood out to us in the fall. Um, so I'm excited to see how that those lists will change um, following, you know, all of our all of our winter showcases following the preseason all state. I know the preseason all state always there's always four or five guys that come out there that, you know, we have ranked a little bit lower that, you know, really have strong off seasons and, you know, we see them at that event and then they end up, they end up shooting up the list. So I'm excited to excited to see how these lists are going to change heading into the 2024 spring season. And that 26 class, those are the guys who went to futures games this past fall, right. And, you know, won it all. Or no, that was, that was the 27 class. 27. Okay. So future. Okay. So future games. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, but um, I guess you talk about the new rankings, uh, I guess, upcoming rankings when the new ones come out, would that be kind of like right after that preseason all state kind of before the high school season gets started? Yeah. We generally update again in the spring. Um, we'll update right after preseason all state. And some of them, some of the classes will even update a couple weeks into the high school season, just because, you know, we'll see a, we'll see a guy do really well in 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 a winter showcase or at the preseason all state and then you know we kind of want to go see more of them and in, in the in the spring we want to see them in game see how the stuff that we saw in, in showcase translates to the field and so, so for some classes we'll wait a little bit and wait until we see them a bit during the spring before we update but yeah that'll be the next update Okay, so I'm kind of digging into the next segment here. Got a couple segments that are more on the, I guess, fantasy slash fun side, fantasy baseball slash fun side. I know when we did that uh, fantasy draft there at the end of this last spring, you know, it went over pretty well. You know, a lot of people liked, you know, what we were doing there. Um, so, you know, we talked about, you know, having some of these new segments come on um, here. First segment for that, build a position player. So I want us to go through class of 2024, 2025, 26, and 2027. Um, in terms of just build a player, I've got a couple different uh, parts of their game here that I have listed. Got power, contact, fielding, speed, arm. Obviously, the top, the you know, the main five there. When everyone talks about the five tools, I that I did add in baseball IQ. I added in swagger because obviously baseball is becoming more of a swagger sport. Um, so I added that segment in there as well. Um, I guess again, just we'll kind of start with that twenty-four class if you want, or maybe start with the twenty-sevens and go down. 
Um, just kind of take us through that build a position player. If you had to build that perfect player within the state of Indiana, what would those players look like? Yeah, this is a cool topic. Um, so we can start with the 24 class. So if I was going to build my build my ultimate player out of tools from the 24 class, I would have Jace Lee's power um, with Hogan Denny's hit tool. Um, so first off right there, we have a, we have really strong offensive abilities there. Um, for fielding, I went with Logan Crock. He's a Butler commit, one of my favorite players in the class, uh, an undersized kid, but can really defend at shortstop. Um, so now we're, we're super offensive and we're a premium defensive shortstop. Um, going to use Ahmad Duff's speed. He's a six, four runner game changing abilities on, on the diamond, um, use Micah Reinstrick here, coffee's arm. Um, that dude, the dude really throws, really can throw the baseball from the outfield. Like I said a little bit earlier, he's 94 from the outfield and the arm really works. Um, the IQ, I'm going to use Isaac Vanderwoods. Um, he's a, he's a cage rat, tough kid. Um, baseball, 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 you know, baseball kid that, uh, you know, I really like the way he plays, really like the way he goes about his business. So I'm going to use his IQ and then you got to have Jace Lee swagger. That kid steps in the box like he owns it. I love the way he plays. Um, so yeah, that, that'd be my 2024 player. It'd be a, that'd be a, it'd be a really, really, really impressive player right there. Um, so in the 25 class, we'll start with the power, go back to the top. I, I would, uh, I'd use Mason bronze power. Uh, he's got the best raw power in the class hits balls in the low, low one hundreds on a routine basis. Um, special power there. Then again, I'll use the hit tool of Mason Barth, um, Notre Dame commit that just hits in game, man. Like the kid hits every time we see him. Um, the, I would use Brandon Logan's fielding ability. Brandon Logan, we've been well-documented saying Brandon Logan's, one of the best defensive center fielders on a national level. I think Shooter even tapped him last year as the best defensive center fielder in the 25 class. Um, so we'll use his abilities in center field. Uh, Malik Perkins run tool. He's a 6'3 runner. was a future gamer for us this year. Um, he, he's just freakishly quick. Um, so he, he's going to be the – we're going to use his speed tool. We'll use J.D. Stein's arm. 93 across the infield Louisville commit that really just can throw the baseball. Um, so we're going to have, have his arm for IQ. I'm going to use Mason Braun again here. Another one that's just a cage rat. Uh, you know, I watch him in the way that Mason interacts with his teammates. He's always in the on deck circle, giving guys advice on, Hey, you know, this is what you need to be looking for out of this picture, stuff like that. Um, something that I really love about Mason. And then for the swagger in that class, I was kind of stuck in between two guys. So I have Mason Braun and Cal Gates. They both go about things in a little bit different way. Uh, I love Braun's swagger walks around, you know, like he's, he's the, he walks around like he's the best player on the field, no matter where he's at, which I love. Um, so a little bit of his swagger, but then on the other side, a little bit of Cal Gates swagger. I love the way Cal goes about his business. He's a quiet kid. He's not super flashy, so it's not your traditional type swagger. Um, but there's a quiet confidence to him in everything that he does. Um, and, and that's kind of the swagger that I like specifically. Um, so I think the swagger would be a mix of those two. So <laughs> moving on to the 26th class, 
um, back at the top, I'd use I'd use Blake Cope's power. He's a super physical kid from Zionsville. Hits balls ninety five plus. Left handed hitter that I think has a chance to really continue to elevate his game over the next few years. Um, but stupid raw power. I'd use his his power with the contact. Um, I got Dylan Bowen, and Dylan Bowen's you know he's a top thirty five player nationally. He's going to be a guy that. Receives all kind of interest next year when August 1st hits. Um, and he's a name that you're going to see a lot here. Because, um, again, with fielding, I, I'm going with Dylan Bowen, uh, premier defensive shortstop. And then, again, with speed, I'm using Dylan Bowen. Um, Dylan Bowen, like as far as an athlete, is the best athlete in the class, in my opinion. Um you know, it can really, really run. And the, field, and the run tool shows up all over the diamond. So... Digging into the arm tool that I'm choosing for the 26th class, I'd go with Ian Taylor. He's 90 from the outfield, can really, really throw. The arm works. And going off IQ, again, Dylan Bowen. Um, and his IQ, I'm using it more for his instincts. Um, just watching him play, like he plays like an athlete. He's always looking to take the extra base. There's dynamic capabilities in everything he does. And the game never looks sped up on him in any in any capacity. Uh, the he really just allows his instincts to play. Um, so something I really value with Dylan. And then finally, I'm using Aiden Reynolds swagger. Uh, Aiden's a Noblesville kid that's going to IU. Um, one of the best hitters in the class. The kid walks into the box like he owns it. Um, and he's very confident in his abilities. I love the way he goes about it. It's a little bit quiet. It's a little bit of a more quiet swagger. But kind of like I said with Cal, that's kind of the swagger that I tend to tend to uh, tend tend to like more than the big flashy swagger. Uh, and then the twenty seven class. This is a class that a lot of people don't know a ton about yet. But as far as power is concerned, I would go with Grady Nelson. Grady Nelson's a kid that'll be in the top ten in the twenty seven class. Whenever we release a big physical left hand hitter, hit ball. I think he I think he had an exit velocity of 98 at the junior future games, which was one of the top of any junior future gamer, like regardless of state. Um, there's some real power there. Contact ability. I went with Mason Meyer. He's a, he's a Mount Vernon kid, a little bit undersized, but he's athletic. There's some real bat to ball there. He's one of the best hitters on our junior future games team this year. Um, fielding ability. I went with Cooper Collins. He's a Vincent's Lincoln kid. Um, and, as far as catchers are concerned, he's the best defensive catcher for his age in the state of Indiana right now. Um, he's a real, real defender behind the plate. Um, and that's something that Indiana has not necessarily been known for. Um, but Coop is, is one of the more advanced defensive catchers that I've seen for the age. So going with his defensive ability uh, for speed, I went with Drake McClurg. Uh, he's an IU commit. Well, another guy that's going to be a top 10 guy for us um, whenever rankings are released. Um, switch hitter, 6'8 runner, I believe. And it might even be better than that now. I think that was last offseason. Um, he got some time for Center Grove's varsity football team this year as a freshman, which speaks volumes to his athleticism. Um, so going with his speed with the arm tool, we're going with Parker Robinson. He's a, a Lake Central kid that that I'm really, really excited for. Um, it's, it's a really, really good arm across the diamond. He's a shortstop. Um, the arm really works, and I think he's going to end up he's going to end up throwing really, really hard. Um, for IQ, I went with Crew Hazenauer, uh, another just baseball rat. 
uh, tough kid from Southern Indiana. I love the mentality that he plays with. Um, so I went with his IQ and then for swagger, I went with Liam Delp, uh, Mooresville kid with, with some, with a ton of potential. Um, I think he's going to end up being a really, really special player, but he's got a little bit more of that quiet swagger again, but he's also got some flashy things that go in there with it. So it's a good mix of both. Um, really like DM uh, uh, Liam. So going with his swagger. All right. So another segment here, somewhat similar. Obviously, that was all more of the position-based side. Want to dig into the pitchers. Obviously, Indiana is very pitcher heavy when it comes to 24, 25 class, whatever. Um, you know, kind of take us through, have to build a pitcher, want to go through, obviously that fastball. Also want to go through those secondaries like the curveball, the slider, the changeup. Want to talk a little about control as well. Dig into athleticism. Obviously, these pitchers are athletes too. Talk about body. Talk about, again, swagger. Again, baseball is a swagger sport. Um, can I take us through, if you had to build that perfect pitcher for the 24, for the 25, for the 26 and 27 class, who would be that perfect pitcher for you to build? Yeah, man, we're going to have some, these are going to be some, some, I could, I only wish we could uh, actually build this in real arm because man, there'd be a bunch of, a bunch of high draft picks. That's for sure. Especially mixing guys that, that are already considered to be draft picks, but we'll get right into it. Um, in the 24 class, I'm going with Jack Brown's fastball. It's up to 95 with real arm side run um, for the breaking ball or for the curveball. I have a couple different guys here. Um, so I put Ethan Lund, Chase Wagner, and Micah Vesley. Uh, there's really not like with all three of them, they all have a banger. Um, but there wasn't really one that I could decide that, hey, this is the top one. Uh, Lund's you know, come from the left side, power curveball at 77 to 81, gets a lot of swing misses on that. Chase Wagner is an absolute bulldog with a with a hammer breaking ball. And then Michael Vesley spins his breaking ball at 3,000 plus RPMs. It's a swing and miss pitch. So I wanted to kind of give some love to all three of them there, kind of take some pieces of each individual breaking ball and throw it in there. That'd be awesome. Um, for the slider in the 24 class, I went with Cameron Sullivan. Uh, Notre Dame recruit he'll spin spin the slider in the mid 80s um, really firm slider wipe up potential um, for change up I went with an Ohio State recruit and Gavin Kuzneski um, you know really really can command the change up I really like like his ability um, ability to pull the string on that for control I went with Jack Brown he's a three pitch mix guy that's that lives in the strike zone um, athleticism I went with Griffin Tobias Griffin's a freak athlete um, you know he, he's the guy that you know, I, I wouldn't want to play in ping pong because I'm sure he's good at that too um, but freak athlete I'm taking his athleticism for body I'm going with the number one player in the class Brayton Thomas it's hard to argue against a big physical 6'5 left-handed body um, and then for swagger, I'm going back to Griffin Tobias. That kid walks on the mound, and, um, like he owns it. He's a he's a very confident kid. Um, the moment's never too big for him, so he would be my my choice for swagger. Um, so, 24 class arm that'd be that'd be a really really impressive arm. Let's see. After that, we'll go with the 25 class. Um, we'll go with with Blaine Metz's fastball. Blaine Metz is up to 93, real power fastball. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes into the mid-90s on a consistent basis this spring. For breaking ball or for curveball, we have uh, Colin Ozenball. Uh, spins a hammer, really good breaking ball. For slider, I went with uh, Will Geisel. 
from Batesville, Notre Dame recruit. Another one that spins a slider at 3,000 RPMs is Wipeout Pitch. Um, showed it off at this year's Future Games. Ended up coming to Notre Dame shortly thereafter. Um, for changeup, I went with Will Coleman. Um, kid from Evansville is going to Missouri. Lefty, four-pitch mix, super strike thrower. Um, but his changeup is really his best pitch. and So I'd use his changeup for control. I went with Caden Kroll. Um, you know, Caden's a no doubt starter for me at the next level. Those three pitches for strikes at will. Um, the athleticism, I'm with Matthew Fisher. He's an Indiana recruit. Uh, I went with his athleticism. He's because he's a 6'3 uh, athlete. He plays quarterback for his high school team. He's a good high school quarterback. Um, and the athleticism is, is obvious whenever he takes the hill. There's a lot of body control. Um, and Matt Fisher. So went with that for body, went with Blaine Metz, another big physical kid uh, with room, room to add strength. And then for swagger, I went with Caden Kroll. Uh, Caden's one of the more confident kids that one of the more confident arms in that class um, pitches with pitches with some presence, pitches with confidence. Uh, love the way he loved the presence that he shows on the mound. So the next next class we have is the twenty sixth class. Um, this class is again special with arms um, for fastball and curveball. I went with Hudson Devon. He's the number one player in the class. Ninety two mile an hour fastball with an absolute hammer curveball. Um, having both of those right off the bat, and then I'll mix in Aiden Smith's slider. He's uh, one of the top uncommitted arms in the class. Um, really, really bright future. Tons of upside there. For changeup, I went with Beckett Doan, um, long, lanky, 6'5 lefty. And his changeup's actually a splitter, and he's always making sure to correct me if I ever put on a tweet that he throws a changeup. He's like, hey, no, 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 that was a splitter. Um, but it serves the same purpose. I'm taking his splitter there. Um, and I'm, again, I'd use him for control, um, three, four pitch mix guy that's always living in the zone for athleticism. I'm going with Aiden Smith, um, a lot of body control with Aiden Smith. Uh, he's also a standout tennis player. There's, and he's also a very, very good, uh, position player as well. If he wasn't so good on the mound, he'd probably be a division one recruit as a, as a, as a position player as well. So that just speaks volumes to his athleticism for body. I'm going with Beckett Doan again. Um, you know, Hudson Devon would be another one that I could put here, but Beckett's six five, six six, long lanky, plenty of room to add strength. And then for swagger, I'm going back to Aiden Smith, uh, another kid that, you know, just walks on the mound like he owns it. The moment's never too big. He's got a bulldog mentality. Um, and they're all things that that show up every time you go watch him watch him pitch, whether he's got his best stuff or not. Um, so now digging into the 27 class for fastball, I went with Carter Lowe. Uh, he's got the best fastball that we've seen so far in the class. Been in the mid-80s so far. I believe his best fastball is either 85 miles an hour, 87 miles an hour. But um, a lot of arm talent there. He's another kid that you know I'm excited to watch over the next few years. For curveball, I went with Gavin Marcus. He's another arm that will be near the top of the class. Spun a really good breaking ball this year's Junior Future Games. For slider, there really wasn't anybody in the 27 class that throws a true slider yet. Uh, so I didn't put one for that, but for changeup, I went with Gunnar Wade. Um, he's a kid from Franklin that went down to the future games for us this year. Um, shut out a really good team, Texas team, and he did it with his changeup. Um, 
you know, he was, he was keeping those guys off balance all day. Um, a lot of those Texas guys were coming up, just hunting fastballs, looking to get their hacks off. And Gunner comes in with his left-handed changeup and he's throwing it in OO counts. He's throwing it in two O counts, getting ground balls, getting swing and miss. Um, so really, really good change up there for control. I went with Gavin Jenkins, uh, another left-hander that, you know, he used him a couple different times at the junior future games, put him in some tough spots and he came in and just filled the zone. Um, so really love the control that Gavin Jenkins has to offer. Um, from athleticism, I'm with Jalen Wells Henderson. He's in new Albany kid, super athletic, runs a six, eight. He's like six, three, he's a standout position player, stand on the mound, just some freak athleticism there. Um, for body out with Mason Gomez. He's another Franklin kid that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, he's a six, four athlete, uh, can dunk. He's a, he's big has has room to add strength, but there's also some athleticism there that's present. So went with his body. Um, and then swagger. I went with Davis Moore from Zionsville. He was, he was the winning pitcher for us in the championship game against team Georgia uh, came out and just dominated a really, really good lineup, spinning a bunch of breaking balls, uh, pitched with a whole bunch of confidence. There's some quirkiness to him on the mound, which is for an arm I really like. Um, but yeah, went with his swagger, his, uh, his mental makeup. All right. So, uh, third segment here when it comes so I got segment six overall third segment when it comes to more on the fantasy baseball side again I see you taking a drink of water you definitely got a long segment here coming up for you I mean I know you sent me over I know you sent me over these names a couple days ago so I've been kind of it's been kind of fun kind of working on these designs and you know kind of seeing what these dream rosters would be like but again segment six here dream roster you gotta make up lineup one through nine position wise you get three bench players you get three starters two just regular middle relievers, and then one closer. Again, for the 24, 25, 26, and 27 class, take us through those dream rosters for the 24, 25, 26, and 27 class. Yeah, this is a really cool segment. I had some fun with this, putting these rosters together and understand, like, these are just completely my opinions. If I had to go win a ball game and had to go take take some guys from each class, these are the guys I'm taking. I'm sure there's some guys that that – could make their case to be on this but you know if i'm building my roster these are the guys i'm going with so in the 2024 class i'll start with my uh my lineup in the leadoff spot i'm going with ahmad duff he's playing center field like i said earlier freak athlete real runner uh his feet change the game so i'm gonna have him in my leadoff spot and then i got a murderer's row here coming up two three four with isaac vanderwood playing playing first base hitting him two hole um, Hogan Denny in my three hole behind the plate and Jace Lee in the four hole playing right field. Um, that's a two, three, four that I don't think many arms anywhere want to throw to. Um, three guys that are real, real dangerous. In the five hole, I'm going with a two way guy and Jack Brown, super physical right handed hitter going to Louisville. Does, I believe he's a little bit more advanced on the mound, but you know, he creates a ton of bad speed at the plate. Um, he's a guy that can lose a ball at any time. So he's my DH in the five hole and the six hole I'm going with uh Cole Decker left fielder and putting him in left field, Indiana recruit, tons of bat to ball there. Um, so he's my six hole in the seven hole. I'm going with Christian Klug, Navy recruit, super athletic, super tough kid, uh, utility type player. So I have him penciling as my starting second baseman, but he could play all over the place here. Um, my eight hole, I'm going with the Notre Dame recruit, third baseman, Noah Coy. 
Um, Koi's a, another another really special athlete. Just came off a really really solid senior year playing football for Center Grove Powerhouse Program. Love Koi. Love toughness. Love the athleticism. Left hand hitter. He can really run. And then finally, I'll round it out with my shortstop Logan Croc. Um, talked about him a little bit a little bit ago as well. He's a kid that I really believe in. I love the way that Logan plays the game. Um, brings a ton of energy to the game. He's a baseball rat. Um, so love to have him in my nine hole button running, stealing bases and playing a premium shortstop. And then so my bench, I would have RJ Cromarty, Notre Dame recruit. Um, he's another he's a really good defender I can bring off the bench, also a switch hitter. Reed Howard was my other was one of my other bench guys, strong defender, middle middle infielder. So if I want to take Klug and throw him in the outfield or put him in DH, I can kind of plug Reed in at second base. Um, and then Hunter Snow would be my last bench piece. Uh, Baylor Baylor recruit could plug him in really in all three outfield spots and a DH strong left handed hitter. So that would be my uh, position players for the 24 class. And then on the mound, um, you know, the staff is electric. I'm going with Cade McCoy on Friday nights. Um, he's an absolute bulldog starter. Uh, I probably could have used him for swagger in the 24 class as well because he's got all kinds of presence on the mound. I know he's going to go give me a quality start on Friday night. I'll go Jack Brown on Saturday. And then I'll finish with uh, Brayden Thomas on Sunday. And a lot of Sunday games will turn into uh, uh, slugfests. And if I got Brayden Thomas on the mound, I have a feeling it's not going to turn into a slugfest. So uh, after that, my relievers are Griffin Tobias and Cam Sullivan, two super athletic right-handed kids that I can bring out of the bullpen whenever. And I know they're going to they're gonna shut down whatever threat's going on. And then my closer is Chase Wagner. Talked about him a little bit as well, but an absolute bulldog. Um, you know, he's a standout wrestler. The moment's never too big for him. Probably the best competitor in the class. There's not another guy who want the ball in their hands with the game on the line than Chase Wagner. Um, so, yeah, that'd be my 2014. So let me grab a quick little drink. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a long segment here digging through the whole roster. Good. Like this class, these, these are cool. It's, it's cool to dream on what these, what these lineups and these rotations would look like in in real life. Um, For the 25 class, I'm going with another, I'm going with Brandon Logan um, in the leadoff spot playing center field. Again, freak, freak athlete, super runner. I know he's going to set the table at the top of the lineup and play premium defense in center field. Uh, another murderer's row here in the middle of the lineup. We'll go Cal Gates in right field, probably the best pure, one of the best pure hitters in the class. Um, and Mason Barth is going to go right behind him playing second base. And Mason would make the argument that he's the best hitter in the class. And frankly, I don't know which one's right. Both of them really, really strong hitters. Um, in the four hole, I'll go with Mason Braun playing first base. Uh, we talked about his power potential. Um, love to be able to see Mason hit with those three in front of him on base. That would be that'd be pretty special. Um, Eli Bennett's in my five hole. He's DH, uh, big physical Indiana recruit with a ton of power. 
after that, I'll go with J.D. Stein at shortstop, hitting in the six hole, um, kind of hitting on the back end of some big power bats. J.D. kind of restarts the lineup, tons of bat to ball there. But ultimately, I, I need J.D. in this lineup to go play shortstop and make every routine play there, and he's going to. Um, in the seven hole, I have another runner, Cole Hewitt. He's my left fielder. Uh, Virginia commit that, you know, there's a lot of bat to ball there. He can really run. And with him, Cal Gates and Brandon Logan in the outfield, I don't think many balls are going to drop. Um, and then in the eight hole, I'm platooning here. So what I mean by that is I'm going to have a lefty and a righty. And basically, they're going to start depending on who the arm is. Um, and that's going to be Houston Dunn and Landon Fry. Uh, and then finally, in the nine hole, I'm going to have my catcher, and that's Drew McTaggart. Um, so really solid lineup there. Coming off the bench, I'd have whoever's not starting between – um, Houston Dunn and Landon Fry. I would have Davian Carrera coming off the bench, big physical left-handed bat, uh, going to IU. And then finally, I'd have Colin Ozenball, um, who's a two-way guy going to Louisville, another physical left-handed hitter I can bring off the bench if I need him. Um, so then for my pitching rotation for the 25 class, I'd have Caden Kroll going on Friday nights. Uh, like I said earlier, three-pitch guy, lives in the zone has a ton of confidence the moment on Friday night's never going to be too big for him um, so he's my Friday guy I got Blaine Betts as a Saturday guy offering all kinds of power stuff on Saturday uh, be a nightmare for hitters to see Caden Crow keep you off balance all night on Friday with a plus change and the fastball that he's living on his arm side at 90 miles an hour and then the next day you got to try to hit Blaine Betts as 93 mile an hour uh heater so then on Sunday I'm going with Matthew Fisher another super strike thrower um fastball up to 90 with a good breaking ball uh so that starting rotation is absolutely electric relievers I'm going to go with Colin Ozenball and then um Will Coleman so two different guys there. One's going to be able to come in, keep you off balance. The other one's going to come in with a power fastball breaking ball combo. And then my closers, Parker Rhodes, offers electric stuff. Going to let him come in there. I saw him in an inning stint this fall where he was 91-92 the entire uh, inning. So put him in the back end of the bullpen, let him come in, blow it out, and uh, get a bunch of swing and miss. So that that team's actually actually very loaded. I I was thinking about this before I came on. I was like, I don't know which one of these teams I'd take if I had to had to take one. They're all so so freaking loaded. Um, but moving on to the twenty six class, let's see. We're gonna lead off with with one of my favorite players, Dylan Bowen. He's playing shortstop. Uh, he's getting everything started. Be the catalyst of this team. Hitting in the two-hole, I have Aiden Reynolds. He's playing third base. Like I talked about, Indiana recruit with all kinds of presence at the dish. Hitting in the three-hole, I have Reed Robinson, switching catcher. Northern Indiana, he's going to be a guy that schools are really, really going to want to see next summer. Um, offers, a, offers a very valuable profile as a switching catcher. Um, Rob Zarnick, he's in my four hole playing left field, one of the best in game hitters in the class. My five hole hitter is Colton Hart. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He's in right field. Ian Taylor's hitting in the six hole playing center field. Um, super twitchy kid, got a ton of athleticism at the bottom of this lineup. Um, in the seven hole, Trent Gill, another Indiana recruit, he's playing second base, another plus runner that can really hit. Uh, in the eight hole, I have another platoon situation with Jake Winger from McCutcheon and uh, Blake Cope from Zionsville, both super physical bats. One's right-handed, one's left-handed, so we can use those uh, in a platoon situation. And then finally, in my nine hole, 
have uh, uh, Nate Millington from Terre Haute. He's a Kentucky recruit. He's DHing all kinds of bat to ball there. He'd turn this lineup over and get it back to Bowen. Um, really like this lineup that I put together in the 26th class. So then coming off the bench, I have whoever's not starting between Winger and Cope. Uh, I have another catcher in Sean Dunlap, physical kid from Northern Indiana um, with some power, can really throw behind the dish. And then finally, my last bench bat is Eli Sensible from Cathedral. He's a 6'6 runner, can really provide a spark off the bench if I need it. Um, and then I do think this might be the best pitching rotation um, for each class. I think the 24, the 24 class would have something to say about that. But um, my starters on Friday night, I'm going with Aiden Smith. Talked about his bulldog mentality. Really, really, really good stuff there. Throws a ton of strikes. So he's on Friday nights, following that with big power arm, Hudson Devon going on on Saturdays. And then I'm going to finish it off with Beckett Doan on Sundays. After you saw two power arms Friday, Saturday, now you get to get a uh, 6'5 lefty throwing from a low three-quarter slot that's going to come at you with all kinds of funk. Um, coming out of the bullpen, Reese Wolf and Sammy Swink, two electric right-handed arms. And then finally, my closers, Kobe Cherry. So uh, coming in in the ninth inning, or I guess in high school baseball, it's the seventh inning, uh, of a 6'4 super physical kid that's going to pump 90 miles an hour down your throat with a really good breaking ball. So really, really like that pitching staff. So the last one I got is the 2027 slash 2028 group. Um, and frankly, there's two 28s in here. They're just two 28s that are really good for us at JFG that I wanted to give some love to. But hitting the leadoff spot, I have Liam Delp. He's playing right field. Talked about his athleticism. Um, in the two-hole, Drake McClurg. He's playing center field. I think the the speed at the top of that lineup is, is, is really impressive. Hitting in the three-hole, playing shortstop, Parker Robinson from Lake Central. Um, you know, Parker's going to be a guy that Indiana baseball fans are going to gonna really hear about over the next few years. There's a ton of upside with that kid. I think he's got no doubt power five potential. And, you know, I feel confident saying that. And he's never even played a high school game. There's just – there's some special talent in that. Uh, hitting in the four-hole, I have my first 2028 grad. I'm going with my DH, Dylan Murphy. He's another guy Indiana baseball fans have to know about. Dylan Murphy's a special talent. Um, he, he's, you know, he, he uh, I'll tell a story about Dylan. So he, we were playing, our 16U team was playing at the future games. And um, we, we were jokingly telling Dylan, hey, you want an at-bat? And he's sitting in the stands in his Crocs and with his junior future games uniform on. And he looks at looks at us like we're like we're joking. We're like, no, you serious? Like you wanted a bat. And so he goes down to the cage, gets loose, comes in. I believe it's either the first or second pitch he sees, turns around an 88 mile hour fastball as a 13 year old, shoots it in the right center gap. Next pitch, steals second base, moves up on a pass ball, fly ball to the outfield, scores on a sack fly. And it, it was just really special to see a 13 year old walk in against some of the best 16 year olds in the country and score like that. Um, so he's a special talent. I, I had to have him on this list in the five hole. I'll have Grady Nelson um, talked about his big power in the six hole. We got crew. Hayes now we're playing third base. Um, another kid I really, really like um, the hit tool that I went with for, for the 27 hit tool, Mason Meyer, he's playing left field, hitting the seven hole. We got our 
our catcher Cooper Collins hitting in the eight, and then in the nine hole we have Braden Ring at second base, another infielder that I really really like. So on the bench for that team we have Camden Moore, uh, projectable right-handed bat, went off for us in junior future games, had like seven RBIs against Team Missouri. Um, there's a ton of field to hit there. Jalen Wells Henderson is on my bench, and then finally another 2028 20, here and. Um, Hayden Zellers, another another junior future game standout left-handed hitter with all kinds of confidence. Reminds me of a young Cal Gates. Uh, so he's coming off the bench there. And our starting rotation here, we have Gavin Marcus. Used him as the, one of the best breaking balls in the class. Then Carlo on Saturday, uh, another guy that we talked about earlier, one of the best fastballs. And then on Sunday, we're going with Gunnar Wade. Um, our relievers, we have Mason Gomez talked about his body his athleticism his upside and then parlaying off him we have gavin jenkins coming out of the pen super strike third lefty gonna get us a bunch of outs and then finally our closers jalen wells henderson like i talked about gonna be a gonna be a highly ranked 27 special two-way guy with all kinds of athleticism fastball run up to 84 85 right now and you know if i had to tell you an arm in this class i think it's gonna throw 95 one day it's Jalen wilson Anderson. so got him coming out of the back end of the bullpen there so some really really solid teams there wish i could actually get them on the field take them take them to some national level events it'd be really cool if i could roll up to usa baseball or or one of those one of those big time events like an npi with those groups like that'd be that'd be a ton of fun yeah, we got why why can't PBR do something like that in terms of like a state game, like you know, make a twenty-four Indi- you know, Indiana team facing an Illinois team or something like that would be would be pretty cool, I'd have to say. But uh I'm gonna have to work on that. I don't uh, know. Gonna, I, gonna have to gonna have to talk to shooter a little bit. Yeah, I know. All these kids are out there playing with their travel teams and stuff like that. I would love just to get them for one weekend and see if you know we can go go compete with some other states or go compete like that. I mean, yeah, like like I said, like those teams would be so fun to, so fun to be around a lot of ton of, a lot of talent on each team. So that would be, that would be awesome. But I don't know, maybe we can, if we can figure something. <laughs> would be a pretty fun event, but uh, that's kind of fun kind of listening to kind of see all those, all those 2027s, obviously, you know, Liam Delp, Drake McClure, guys I've heard of before. Um, So I'm pretty excited to kind of see those 2027 rankings coming out, uh, you know, whenever those do come out. So I'll be excited kind of listening into, uh, you know, who, what guys make that list. But uh, one last segment here for you. Again, past couple of days, I've been putting out on social media, got to come up with some fan questions here. Um, came up with five, five pretty good ones here. We came from, you know, from, came from the social media. Um, first question here from one of the fans, you know, what are the benefits of attending showcases, attending tournaments here represented by PBR? What are some of the benefits that come along with that? Yeah, I think there's a ton of benefit to it. Um, first and foremost, like when you come to a showcase, you're going to get some some information, some technological information that you're not going to be able to receive anywhere else. You're going to be able to get your TrackMan metrics. You're going to be able to get Swift metrics, Blast metrics, um, some metrics that are going to cost you a whole heck of a lot more if you were going to go do them on your own, if you were going to order a TrackMan, order a Blast, things like that. Um, then if you come do it with us and the nice part about that is all that information then populates on your profile. So as you go through the recruiting process, coaches want to, want to learn more information about you. There's our website is a one-stop shop. Those coaches can come in, um, and find everything they need to know on a player. And also on top of that, um, you know, we're steadily updating those, 
those profiles with in-game video, showcase video, stuff like that. So um, I, I think that's the first benefit to it. I think we offer a product that is better than any 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 other product out there. Um, and then, you know, playing in our tournaments and showcases, it just gets you in front of our staff. Um, and, you know, our job is our job is to promote players within the state. And it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier to promote those players if they come to our events. Um, so, you know, there's I could tell you countless stories of guys that have come to our events and done really well. And they they text me on the way home or call me on the way home and say, hey, I'm on, like I've been on the phone with three different coaches since I left the event. Um, and so that's just a couple of different benefits that you get by coming to our events. Um, so, yeah, like I believe that we offer a product that that beats anybody in the industry. Um, we help players and and what you get from coming to our events. And if you do come to one of our events and show very well, um, it can literally change your change your life, change your recruiting life. Like, you know, like I said, guys, guys come to our events and show well and all of a sudden schools start to hit them up, never hit them up before. Um, you know, it's something that not many other people can can say that they can do. All right. So question number two here for you. Obviously, you were a high level baseball player, played at IU, played at a couple other schools there, um, made it to that collegiate level. So uh, what's something that you've learned while working at Prep Baseball Report that you didn't know or didn't understand? Um, I guess this question says as a high school player. Um, so what's something that you learned now that you didn't know as a high school player? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think there's an easy answer for this for me. So I'm five foot eight, five foot nine, smaller kid. Um so whenever I was in high school, I would never understand why some of these players that were maybe more physically gifted than me or were bigger than me were guys that were getting recruited before me, even though I was better than them in game, or I believed that I was better than them in game or my stats were better. Um, and something that I've learned, especially with being at PBR, but also like seeing how guys in my class ended up progressing is like that projectability or that body, it does matter. Cause I, I look at myself, like I prided myself in, in my athleticism and what I did in the weight room to work on my strength and athleticism and things like that. So I went to college at five foot nine, 170 pounds. Okay. And so for me, really, I was already pretty close to that physical threshold that I could reach. I graduated college at 180, 185 pounds could put, put on a little bit of strength, a little bit of, uh, a little bit more athleticism once I got to college, but my body didn't really allow me to put on a whole ton more versus where I compare that to, you know, a, a six, two, six, three kid with long arms and, and, and a little bit leaner, like that kid's able to graduate high school at 175 and then graduate college at 215. They're able to go put on 40 pounds of muscle in college. Um, and so that only helps their game. And so that's something I didn't understand as a player, and in high school, I was sitting there like, man, like I have better stats than this guy. But then I understood now as, as a scout, it's like, well, that player has the ability to keep getting better at a rate that I just wasn't able to. And so whenever kids get frustrated with the projectability piece, understand if you're an undersized kid, you have to have the prerequisite foot speed, bat speed, all those different things to be able to play at that level right away because you weren't though that recruiter is not necessarily dreaming on you or projecting on you to continue to get a whole lot better like they are with a six two six three kid it's a lot easier for that guy to add add strength add add muscle all that stuff so uh something i didn't quite understand there but now i do now um so
All right. So third question here kind of, you know, kind of ties into that as well. But um, question is you went through PBR events, were scouted by PBR through high school several years ago. Now work for again, prep baseball report doing what you do now. If you could go back and give yourself advice as a freshman, as a sophomore, what would that advice be? Um, I would say for myself specifically, um, you know, I look back at what I did when I was in high school and I hit a ton, but I didn't really understand what profiles were. And so for me, looking back now, for me to be the best player that I could be as a middle infielder, I really, really needed to defend. Um, And the ability to play shortstop as a middle infielder at the next level is very, very important. Um, And I always worked on my game. And I did did defensive stuff, but I hit a lot more than I did defensive work. Um, looking back, I would have wanted to even that out a little bit. Once I got to college, I was more of a second baseman. Um, so I would have done a lot more defensive work and tried to make myself a true shortstop moving forward. I think that would have helped me a ton. Um, I think outside of myself, more for like other guys that I've talked to about stuff like this, a lot of guys – after their finish, wish they would have invested themselves in the weight room earlier. Uh, like I touched on a little bit earlier, the weight room was something for me that really helped me become the player that I was. And if I didn't do the work that I did there, I would not have been the player that I was. Um, but there are some other guys that I've talked to that are like, dang, I wish I would have, I wish I would have lifted more. I wish I would have been in the weight room more. Um, so, you know, that's my answer versus the answer that I've heard from some other guys. So um, yeah, that's what I got for that one. Okay, so question number four here. This question can be taken a couple of different ways. You know, maybe not as specific as what these last ones have been. The question is, what are you looking for in a player? Again, can be taken a lot of different ways there, but, you know, what would that be? Yeah, I'll just give a kind of quick overview. Um, I give a spiel at some of our Rising Stars events, talking to the young, the the middle school kids that are come to our events, starting to get their feet wet at showcases. And for position players, I kind of lump it into four different things. Um, I look, I'm, I'm looking for a tool set. Uh, obviously, the five tools: how do you run, throw, hit, hit for power, and defend. Okay, those are those are the easier ones. After that, I want to look at actions. Okay, so for actions for me, it's your mechanics, the way that you the field the baseball, the way that you hit the baseball. Um, are there are the mechanics clean or are there things in the swing that are going to get exposed once you get to velocity? Uh, the third thing would be body. And I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier with the projectability piece versus the undersized kid. Um, you know, your more projectable kid can you're looking for the projectable body. But with the undersized kid, you want to see some some more strength and athleticism now uh, as opposed to the 6263 kid and then finally the fourth thing i look for is gameplay you know if you go if you go and you you're four from four every time i watch you play obviously um that's going to carry a lot of weight with me but like we know as baseball players like it's hard to be our best every single day it's hard to go four for four every day so that's where those other three categories you can kind of lean on those things but again the, the other part of gameplay that i look for is how do you play the game do you play the game hard do you play the game the right way are you hustling on and off the field are you being a good teammate um so things like that those are those are kind of the big four pieces that i look for in uh in position players and I could dive in even deeper with it. Um, but that's kind of my quick overview of it. As far as arms are concerned, um, the big things I'm looking for are again, body, you know, the six, three, six, four kid, I'm going to be able to dream on a little bit more than the five, 10, six foot kid. Um, after that, I'm going to look at pure stuff. You know, what's the breaking ball like? What's the fastball like? And can it get better? 
after that, a big thing I look for is arm action. Um, is the arm action clean? That's going to help me be able to project more velocity, but also project a kid to be able to stay healthy. You know, if you have a start stop arm action and you do that over the course of a couple of years, likely we're going to see an injury um, occur. I'll put it that way. Um, so arm action, body stuff. Um, the other piece that I look for is how they move. Do you move down the mountain athletically? Um, do, do your mechanics look the way that they're supposed to look or is it a slow mover? It's hard to teach a slow mover to move fast. Um, so moving the way the body moves is another big, big piece with arms. And then finally, to me, the most important part is can you throw strikes? Okay. Like, yes, there's a big velo craze right now and people are recruiting velocity. A lot of the times play, players won't get recruited until you hit a prereq velocity number. Um, but with that being said, let's say we have two arms, one's 8890, one's 8992, but the 8992 doesn't throw any strikes and the 8890 guy lives in the zone. I'm taking the 8890 guy all day. Um, and so that's something that I want kids to understand. Like, the ability to throw strikes really, really matters. Um, and it's something that college coaches value more than you think they do. Um, so, yeah, those are the, in short, the four or five quick things I'm looking for on both sides of the ball. Okay, so down to question number five, final question here when it comes to fan questions. You know, we talked about this before we started recording. And I actually kind of excited to kind of to listen into how you dig into this. Has there ever been talk of separating a pitcher list from position player list in terms of rankings? Some pitchers at a high level don't bat or have other measurables to be ranked next to a position player. You guys seem to be comparing very different measurables when it comes to comparing the position players to pitchers. Again, really excited to dig into this. Can I take us through that? Yeah, so we haven't really – quick answer, No to be able to separate them. Ultimately, I think whenever we go to put that overall rankings list together, um, we ultimately will take the player that we value most at the top. Okay. And so like the way I look at that is, you know, our rankings are a bit of a mix of what we think they can be whenever they're 21, 24 years old and what they do now. Um, so there's some, some future projections in it along with, Hey, how good are you right now? Um, but to this question's credit, it's very, very hard. Like how, how do you compare a Jace Lee versus a Cam sold? And they both are very impactful players. They're both ranked back to back. How do you be able to, how do you differentiate between them? Um, and so something that we've actually been doing now, now we can't we haven't been able to do this comparing position players to pitchers but we are working on the system to be able to do it um, we have a a NFL spreadsheet a formula basically where we can take every metric that you that we value at from a PBR event and we have a way to rank those players so it's just another way for us to look at hey what are the top metrics in the class so like we have a we have a sheet for hitters and we have a sheet for pitchers and it basically spits out you know who has the best overall tool set in each category and then ultimately our goal is to be able to build that system to compare pitchers and hitters as well but again like i said it it's a it's a it's hard to be able to compare a position player versus a pitcher and so if i'm looking at the rankings and i'm a player i'm more going to look at where I rank compared to other position players 
I'm not going to necessarily get as much. I'm not going to get as held up on, oh, hey, there's this pitcher ranked ahead of me and I'm a shortstop. Like, why is he ranked ahead? Like, in reality, you're more considered in the same tier. Uh, and there's just maybe one thing that that pitcher does that where we go, okay, like I, I can see this kid being a pro guide maybe just a little bit more than I can see this one. But ultimately, like I said, it's hard. We're using that, that ranking system to kind of help mitigate some of that stuff. Um, but it's, it's ultimately what I tell guys whenever we're doing rankings, it's, it's the opinion of three or four guys. Um, and, and that's what it is. And if you don't like where you're ranked, uh, I'm more than happy to be able to give you the information. Hey, this is why you're ranked where you are. Uh, and this is what I want to see from you in order to improve. And I tell guys all the time, I want you to prove me wrong. Like I really do. I want you to prove us wrong. I want you to go out and do what we didn't think you could do because ultimately I want the best for each individual player and us being able to provide that feedback of, Hey, you're ranked here because of this ultimately it, to me is us being honest with the player. This is what you need to do to become a better player. Go work on it. Go get it done. All right. So I got one last question here. This is more of a question from me. I want to add it into kind of be the last question here beyond maybe we'll do a little final thoughts to end it off. Um, you know, a couple uh, past couple of weeks, I've been talking to a lot of pitching coaches, a lot of guys within the pitching development uh, side of the game. Deload, ramp up phase, obviously right now going through the offseason, you being a scout, kind of take us through what should a deload, what should a ramp up phase look like? What's the importance of that going through an offseason? Again, I've talked to a lot of pitching performance guys the past couple of weeks, kind of wanted your thoughts on that. Give us the rundown on maybe what your thoughts should be on a deload and a ramp up phase. Well, I'll put it this way. To me, I want to see a pitcher, and this is going to be harder for people who aren't aren't seeing our faces here, but I'm going to use this analogy. I want to see a pitcher gradually improve like this throughout the season. Um, I don't want to see a guy that's ramped up with his best stuff in February, and then he's peaked in February. And then as the season comes, it's just a steady decrease. I want to see that guy come out with – good stuff and continue to progress, 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 progress throughout the spring, summer, and ultimately a little bit into the fall. Um, I think we have a lot of guys nowadays that are going to the off season, trying to build arm strength, ramping up for February. And then they get to that, that peak time in February. And then they go into their high school season and they're not doing everything that they're doing in a facility like they're doing throughout the off season. And then they start to get just a little bit worse, a little bit, a little bit worse throughout the year. And it also will tend to lead to some arm injuries. Um, so for me, I want to see a guy come out and just gradually progress throughout the year, not these big peaks and valleys, but more of a, more of a slight, more of a linear progression um, throughout the year. Okay. All right. Well, that's the final question here for you on the J Care podcast. I know maybe if there's potentially some final thoughts that you have, maybe some different things you want to, you know, give the listeners here today. You can kind of go ahead with that. But you know, that that's all I got for you here today. No, man, I I really enjoyed this. It was uh cool to I love to be able to give players some of my advice on attacking the offseason and recruiting. You know, I didn't go super in depth here. So if anybody has any questions, you can reach out to me on, you know, personal social medias or something like that. If you have questions based on recruiting or questions on on uh, on how to what you should be doing throughout the offseason. And then absolutely had a blast with uh, building some dream players and dream teams. I thought that was a really cool segment. So, no, yeah, like I when you said, 
Yeah, of course, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. But when you said that you wanted to come up with some more creative stuff, you know, I was thinking for a couple of days, you know, I was trying to think, you know, what, what do I got to do here? You know, maybe make some more creative segments going on. So, you know, I enjoyed those as well. Kind of, you know, would love to see that lineup go, you know, going out there on a day in and day out basis, kind of see the damage they would do for, you know, pretty much any of those classes. Be kind of cool to see those dream players come to life as well. But again, appreciate you coming on the show. It was great. As always, you know, this episode number five that we've done this so far. So, uh, you know, appreciate you coming on the show. It was great getting to listen to everything that you have, having you dig into everything. But, uh, no problem. I'm assuming this probably won't be the last time you're on the JCare podcast, but um, you know, again, just appreciate you coming on the show, and hopefully, we've got a a very very strong spring and summer season for uh for the Hoosier State coming up here the next couple months. But again, just appreciate you coming on the show. Yep, absolutely, man. I'm excited for the 24 season. Um, it's gonna be a fun. One.